Okay, welcome to the Love Works Here podcast. I'm Sean York. This is Hannah Gorham. I'm still here. Okay, and uh, this is episode two, The York Framework Explained. I love my job. High volume, fast food, 160 employees. It is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy. But I truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job. It sounds impossible. And when I first started this business, it was. I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework, but it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them. And we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. I'm Sean York and love works here. Today, we're going to talk about what? Well, it's got your name on it. So these are the systems that you were talking about last time. Um, and we're going to dive into the different pillars. So I'm looking at a diagram and it's going to be posted to our Instagram. It's going to be our first post. I don't know. Yeah. What's the name of the Instagram? At Loveworks Here. Okay. So I'll explain the diagram. The diagram is like a four pillars and it has a roof and it has a foundation. Foundation is accountability. And then the pillars are a path, momentum, a family, and a higher purpose. And Covering it all is trust. Now, we'll walk through all of these today, but essentially everything starts on accountability. That's the foundation. These pillars are what hold everything up. And when everything's in place and being utilized to its full potential, it creates trust. And trust is what bonds people together and gives love a fighting chance uh, to grow in the business. So let's talk about accountability and I am, I'm a huge accountability guy. That's just, I am wired and that's my personality. Doesn't take much. Okay. Yeah. And I know not everyone's like me, so I have to be very intentional about making sure that I set really high standards on accountability. But in your job, you actually are the one that probably holds people accountable much more than I do. Uh, so I want you to talk about that when someone comes in first day, first month, what are the things that you do to set that bar really high? Yeah, so I'm kind of the other type of person that exists other than you. So accountability is kind of harder for me. My natural inclination is like, oh, we should give them another chance, whatever that looks like. But definitely we... I give them no chances. <laughs> we need to hold them to those high standards. So before they even come into the store, I am in charge of third interviews. So we talk through your core values. There's five of them. And I read them through in orientation and I ask them which of them, which stands out to them and why, and then which would be hardest for them to uphold. And I preface the whole thing with, okay, that's not to say you'll go around actively violating one of these values, but which comes a little less naturally. So I try to get a feel for the team member before they even come in, um, already kind of going into the third interview and knowing they stand a good chance of being hired. Just what am I going to have to push them with? Um, so they come in and they are given um, their training week and then they start a 30-day checklist in our store. So the 30-day checklist is designed to make them self-lead their learning so we don't have to kind of baby them. They've been trained on the job, they know what it takes, and then they're in the store learning all around them what the job is going to require. During that time, we're keeping an eye on them, one, to just make sure that they complete the checklist. If they don't, that's a really bad sign. There's a lack of initiative and they probably won't last long if they can't start to learn on the go. And the other things that we're looking for are these core values, if they're being followed through. So when, if we have to let somebody go during their 30-day review, it comes at the end of their 30-day checklist time period. At that time, we 
are either going to keep them and certify them as a team member, or we're going to let them go for one of the reasons that were probably listed on day one before they even came to orientation. So if somebody comes in and their performance is lacking, are they giving their best? Probably not. Um, do they mesh well with the team? Can the team confidently say like, yeah, this person is you know, taking care of me like I want to take care of them. So if they've kind of already butt heads with the team, they're not going to be a great fit for that. And if they're just not interested in finishing that list or moving forward, they're not wanting to continuously improve. We know that they're not going to last long and be a great fit in general. So it's tough to let somebody go after they've come in, and especially the ones who like they have you know, fallen in love with what we stand for, and we have to make the call of, no, this person. if I let this person in, the rest of the team is going to suffer, whether that's they're not going to carry their weight or they just aren't going to be a good fit and we're going to run into problems you know, one month later. Uh, making that call at the beginning is really important for the sake of the rest of the team. So accountability gets a little bit easier because of that. So you have, I'm just going to recap on these systems. Number one, first week expectations, setting expectations mm-hmm. of the core values. And then next you have 30-day checklists, giving them the 30-day checklist that says, you know, these are things that you have to learn and you have to develop yourself. And then the last one is a 30-day review where we review every employee and we actually, right, we go through as a director team and kind of say, okay, we decide together. And, uh, if we're going to pass on this person, if we're going to bring them, bring them forward as a team member or not move forward with this person. So that's tough, tough decisions, but we know that if, if we keep someone who's on the edge, they will influence probably three or four others. So accountability is important. Nothing else can stand unless we, uh, we are holding some really high standards and only keeping the people who want to adhere to those standards. So jumping into pillar number one, it's called a path. And every team member has access to the same ladder and can climb up at their own pace. All team members know that the path to making more money is not a result of unfair circumstances. It's based solely on the list that they complete. Their destiny is in their own hands. You want to take this one? Yeah. So a path. I'm really passionate about this uh, only because coming into the business, this is something that I didn't do well and we made a lot of changes. And man, when we made the changes, we saw people just come alive. Uh, But the first one that we did, we have a roadmap posted in our break room and it essentially lets everybody know if you want to make more money, if you want to move forward in the business, this is all the positions that are available and these are the lists you have to complete Uh, in order to get those positions. It even says their wage on there. Now, in the past, you kind of had to be chosen to be promoted or you had to come into my office and ask for a raise. And a lot of these kids would rather quit and go somewhere else than come into my office and ask me for a raise. So we make sure that it's posted. And one of the benefits of that system is that nobody asked me for a raise. It's probably been about 10 years since I've had a team member walk into my office and ask me for a raise. And the reason that they don't is because it's on the wall. If anybody wants to know what they need to do to make more money, They just go into the break room and they can see. So it's not even a conversation that I need to have with them. And it really, it changes the dynamic of our relationship, which was incredibly freeing as a business owner that we can have a different relationship. They don't see me as somebody who's holding them back or who's holding, you know, the the, the money from them. But now they see me as their advocate. So I can have that conversation of like, hey, uh, are you... Are you working on your checklist? As a matter of fact, just two days ago, I had somebody who was there. It was their anniversary, and I texted them a you know, message, and I said, hey, you know, by the way, are you working on your checklist? Because I see a leader in you, and you know, you, you've, you'd be a great leader. And she actually wrote back, and she said, I've been working on them. You know? So it just changes that dynamic, and now they see me as their champion and as their advocate. So, man, it takes a lot of the tension out of the business. So pillar number two, momentum. All team members feel like they're actively moving forward and are never static. As long as the ride is moving forward, they will stay on. 
The moment it stops, they'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I love this image of this ride. And I really think it's so true, especially in this generation uh, of people. There are many jobs out there that are just waiting for people. The unemployment's really low. And all these team members, they can go anywhere. And there's even articles that say that, like, you make more money if you hop around in jobs. So it's very common for them to say, you know, oh, I think I'm going to go work somewhere else. Uh, We get longevity by keeping them moving forward. It's very important for the team members to feel like they're doing something with their life and they're developing. So as long as we can develop them, as long as we can be good stewards of these team members' lives and continue to grow and foster their growth, they'll stay with us. It's amazing to see what that does to the team, that you could go home at the end of the day and say like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a, a team member at Chick-fil-A, but I'm working towards advanced team member. I'm almost there. And the moment they finish that list, you know, and they get that raise, we're like, awesome, good job. Here's your next list, you know? And uh, it's amazing what that does to their their attitude, uh, making them feel like pride in what they've accomplished. Yeah, something I really appreciate, and it's unlike any business that I've worked in before, is the fact that you're not, like the at your own pace is a lot different than other places that might say like, oh, it's your 30-day review, but then you might have like a six-month review or your annual review, and you get raises based on that because that's not moving at their pace. So instead of having to wait around and think, oh, maybe I'll get a raise, you know, six months out, they at least feel like they're moving forward and it's at their own pace. So if they're not choosing to move forward, the team might say, I'm I'm focusing on school right now and, oh, I have, you know, I'll look at it as soon as summer break starts. It's fine because they're going at their own pace. And so it's not something that they're ever like holding against us when their peers are passing them forward. You know, it puts the ball in their court and gives them ownership. And that's, that's incredibly empowering for these kids that are, you know, going through 16, 17, 18 to feel that their future and they, their ability to move forward is in their own hands is, does a lot for their self-esteem. Um, so one of the things that I kind of, you know, argued back and forth with you about was there's path and there's momentum and they seem to go together, but they're still separate pillars. Why are they two separate things? Yeah. Like, why don't you just have a path with momentum? Yep. That's like an escalator, <laughs> a moving sidewalk. Uh, yeah, no, it is two different things. Um, it's two different things because I've seen a lot of businesses where they, they have a good path. You can have a path and the path is really like the vision that you give to the team member. And that's great. You can have a great vision on the wall, but unless they're actively moving forward through that path, it, it, all it is, is an idea. It's just a good idea. It's a good vision. So I've also been to places where I've said like, you know, do you feel like you know what to do to move forward? And, and they see like people getting promoted all over the place. And they say, you know, I know it's possible to get promoted. I just don't know what to do. And that could be kind of a healthy business because you have a lot of people getting promoted and people moving forward. So people feel good about that. But then when you ask, you know, somebody and, and they have no idea what to do to move forward, eventually that's going to breed some, you know, miscontent with the team members and it's going to add tension in the business where you don't need it. So it's good to have both, but you have to be very intentional about fostering both of those pillars. So good. We got to save some stuff for its actual episode. Um, So for the next pillar, we have a family and something that you tell operators is happiness does not just come from within, but from between our happiest moments rarely happen alone, but with others, people will love their job if they're spending time with lifelong friends. This is probably the biggest one that I struggled with just in my personality. Um, as I mentioned in the uh, the first podcast episode, just being that introvert and not being, you know, really social with team members, it was not uncommon for me to forget people's birthdays, even to be talking to somebody on their birthday and not realize it was their birthday and then find out the hard way. 
uh, when somebody else walks up to them and gives them a hug and says, happy birthday. And I'm like, oh, how did I miss that? Uh, so we had to be super intentional about that. And I just had to realize, like, birthdays mean a lot to these team members. And regardless of what they mean to me, if it means something to them, I need to, to respond. And I need to change and, and come up with systems to where we didn't forget those. And so we have, a, we have an app called Slack, and I send them messages through the Slack app on their birthday and anniversary. So that is a, it, it's a system but it's something that's very intentional and uh, it's a lot of work. We have 160 team members, birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, I, had, I had three of them today, three anniversary messages and just part of my, the way I'm wired, I can't just mail those in. I have to really be intentional. I have this weird like fear that if I sent two people the same message that they would compare messages. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like deathly afraid that they'll, they'll be like, Hey, you sent me the same thing. And Everything is ruined. Yeah. Ruined my credibility forever. <laughs> so, uh, they're very intentional. Yeah. And it's something that's absolutely evolved because then, you know, a smaller business with between 20 and 40 employees, a handwritten birthday card might be something that's actually achievable. But as you continue to grow, it's more about being with them in that moment that matters to them in some form, whether it's an email or a birthday text, like you said, um, just being right there alongside them in that moment is important. So the next one that is really kind of on my heart is photos. One of the episodes we'll do, we'll do just an episode on this pillar family and we'll break down all the ways that we use photos, but I will tell you it's extremely intentional, but the principle that I, uh, just kind of go by with photos is home is where they hang your picture. And I like to say that, and there are places in your life where your pictures hung. And those are probably some of the most important places in your life like your in-laws, your family, uh, your maybe close friends, maybe a church that you're really involved with. I want this job to be a place that they feel that their photo is hung here and that they don't just work here or appear here once in a while, but they are truly celebrated. So I make sure that there is a photo of every team member on the walls of our restaurant. Like I said, we have at each store 80 employees. So we have a way to do that, but uh, we'll, and we'll talk about this. But anyway, that's photos are extremely important. So at Chick-fil-A, we have the blessing of having every Sunday off. So at the time, we try to make it quarterly events or outing, as we call them, a time when the front counter morning team member can finally meet and introduce themselves to the nighttime kitchen team member. The whole store can come together. Um, it's a really cool opportunity that we get, but it's really important even if you don't have Sundays off as a business owner to have a place and a time when the team can come and without customers, without the pressure of a business closing in on them, a time for them to really hang out and just be themselves and get to know each other. So outings is definitely one of the biggest ways that I've seen the team go from coworkers to turning into family. We try to invite even our new hires in their orientation. One of the highlights is this is our next event. You should totally try to make it. So whether that is park day or beach day, we've had friends giving, so like a Thanksgiving potluck. We've had a senior banquet in May for when our, our graduating seniors and their families to come and eat. But whatever you do, whether it's laser tag or rock climbing, we've seen it all. It's just a really important thing to institute in the business so that the team can come out and hang out together. We actually had, this is a is not uncommon for a team member to be somebody who maybe is kind of on the fringe of we're not sure if they're going to make it and they're kind of like not the most social person and they're not really connecting in and they go to an outing. And then after that, it's amazing how they open up on the front counter and they're a totally different person. And the only difference was they made some friends. It's almost like they realize that they have friends here and they can let their guard down and trust the people they work with. And Shout out to Jordy, the kickball champion. Yeah, 
But yeah, especially if it's a competitive thing where someone goes from being a nobody to all, all of a sudden they're a champion at something, at some game like kickball, and then they show up the next day at work and everybody like sees them as like a superstar. So it really, uh, outings are just an amazing way to create that family and, and to build that trust with the team. So pillar number four is a higher purpose, and all team members want to know that they are a part of something bigger than themselves and that their time here has a greater purpose beyond the work itself. That's especially important in fast food, especially if you're in the kitchen and all you're doing for eight hours is just, you know, breading or filleting or all these things that we do in, you know, with chicken. If they don't see the higher purpose in what they do, it can get monotonous really quick. Being able to show them, you know, a higher purpose to connect their work with the customer is imperative for, you know, creating a place where people love their job. So one of the things that we also do is we have them do culture statements. What we say at the end of the year, like, hey, everyone write down a statement of this is what Chick-fil-A means to me. And when we first did that the first year, I thought that the, the culture statements that would come back were, would, would be something like uh, Chick-fil-A is a good place to work. Uh, I enjoy the people here. It was amazing what came back. Like these statements where I love my job. I love these people. You know, it's like a family. And I said, oh my goodness, these are like really powerful. And they're just gushing about their job. We should put these on the wall. And so one, like one a month, we'll post one on the wall. And it just lets people know like, hey, the people around you, are doing this for a higher purpose and they love this place and they love this family and this is something bigger than just a job to them and that is contagious you know that message is contagious if you want people to love their job you know there's a lot of things you can do but it really helps to put a message on the wall that says hey everyone else loves their job you know and it's okay if you do too you know it's it's something that you can believe in and so these culture statements are really powerful and there's one of the first things that we did when we took over the new business was we need everyone to write down a culture statement and we can build off those, you know, even if they're not amazing, even if it's just, I like my job, I really enjoy my, my people I work with, you know, you could really build off that. Those, that positive message, putting that on the wall is great. So the next thing that we were intentional about was putting core values on the wall. Now, a lot of businesses have core values. I would say like most businesses know the value in having core values, but what I found was every time we tried to create core values, it was always about the metrics that I wanted to move. Really, is that what the team members want or is that what the operator wants? And typically it's what the operator wants because it makes a more profitable business. But when we talk about core values and we talk about a purpose, it's important to create things that resonate with the team members. So how do you know what resonates with the team members? We talked about these culture statements. We have all their culture statements that say what they value the most. So if they value, uh, this is a place that feels like home. This is a place where I love these team members and it's a place where I'm challenged to give my best. You start to see some common things in those culture statements that you can actually build core values off of. And we went through all these culture statements and we said like, what do they value? What are the common things, the common themes in here? And we built core values off things that we know that they already value. So it's so cool to finish your core values and hand them to the team member and say, what do you think about these? And to see a team member shake their head and go, yeah, that's totally us. You know, I didn't create these. I didn't invent them. And I, they're certainly not invented by all the things that I want because it'll make me a more profitable business. Every leader of a business, imagine you have just a flag 
and you get to put that flag up and you get to put whatever you want on that flag. And you can put like, you know, this is what I want, profits, 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 or sales, or, you know, and you can raise that and nobody will follow it. Or you can say, what matters to them? And, and read through their culture statements and say, oh man, they really value this, they value that. You can write that on the flag and it says like people loving people or something like that, you know, a place that feels like home, a team that feels like family. You put that on a flag, the, the team's going to follow that like crazy. And that's just influence, man. That's lost influence. If you're writing stuff on that flag that doesn't resonate with a team. So writing core values that resonate with the team was such an important part of creating a higher purpose in the business. All right. So the last one, it's not a pillar. It's actually the roof and it's trust. So trust draws us in, keeps us safe and has the ability to protect us from what could otherwise feel like really tough work. Without trust, we feel alone and unsafe in the workplace. Yeah. Trust is really the goal in all of this. I mean, we, we want to create an environment where love works here, but love isn't going to appear if this isn't a place of trust. So we have to really be intentional about fostering trust. Um, but the neat thing about this framework, every single one of these, when they're carried out, builds trust. And trust is so important because there are nights in this business, in this industry that can be really tough, really tough nights, really busy nights where things get busy, things get crazy. And, you know, the difference between something that feels just overwhelming and the difference of like, this was a fun night was really being in the trenches with people that you can trust. And when you feel like you're alone, when you, when there's no one you can trust, you do feel like you're alone on the shift and in, in, in the job, but it changes when you feel like you're with a team that you can trust that all of a sudden, like, man, the craziest nights become, you know, oh, that was our finest hour, you know? And the only difference is trust. So being able to uh, be intentional about fostering that. I mean, that's really powerful and it's something that we have to actively do in the business. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Love Works Here podcast. Uh, I'm Sean York and this is Hannah Gorham and uh, take care of yourself and be well.